with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good day to you all. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am that grumpy old man. New England's own Van Helsink, and with me all the way across the cold, frigid Atlantic Ocean is my co-host, the gold standard in ghost hunting, the god of infrasound, Steve Parsons. Good evening, good gracious, good riddance. Yeah, yeah. all that good stuff. All that good stuff, all that goodness. Hey, um, <clears throat> you know the Atlantic actually isn't frigid. What do you mean it isn't frigid? Well, it's frigid here. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but it, by the time the air travels over that quite warm Atlantic and reaches us. Yes. It warms the air up. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, because at the moment, the Atlantic is probably, well, quite warm. But that said, we're we're all really excited here in uh, this part of Wales because we're under a snow watch, which hasn't mm. happened for a couple of years, because uh, we don't get much snow out here in the West because of the Atlantic. Did I mention the Atlantic? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So uh, when I last checked the radar about 15 minutes ago, the weather radar, it's uh, it's already about... It started snowing, but it's about 10 miles away at the moment, but moving in quite slowly. Hmm. But earlier in the evening, it was gin clear. The sky, because I live in a dark sky, what's called a dark skies region of uh, Britain. I know. We talked about that one show, which is Yeah, great. we did. Yeah. So I, I was uh, going out to uh, put the covers on the car because of the snow event. Um you put covers on your cars? Well, I need it early in the morning, you see. So They have this thing called a brush. You just brush it off. It's even quicker if you just take the cover off. Whatever. Anyway, I looked Late, to the west. Lazy Brits. So when do you lost your empire? I looked to the west, and I, <laughs> saw, I saw in the sky... Mm-hmm. Um, a really quite amazing sight. So I called uh, my eldest out to have a look because he's never seen it. He's not really that interested, but he was mildly interested. Um, Starlink. Um, 28 of them, all in a row. Really I thought he was dead. dead. Who? Starling. Oh, that's the X-Files. Oh, okay, carry on. Fantasy. But uh, then I remembered that they'd launched one earlier was it yesterday? And obviously, we were under the flight path and the skies were strangely clear. So uh, I expect an uptick in UFO reports in the newspapers so, tomorrow. Stalin, you don't mean the bird, right? No, Starlink. Oh, Starlink. Oh, I thought you said Stalin at the accident. You always like it never happened. Oh, yeah. it. Yeah. That's why my joke didn't even make sense. <laughs> That's right. Because, yeah. 
Agent Starling. Oh, God bless us. Uh, no, no, sorry, that wasn't the X-Files, was it? That was uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, something or other. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was really spectacular tonight because mm. it was just after sunset in the West, the skies were clear, and these satellites were coming like a train, one after the other. I know you've seen so them. So cool, so cool. And it is so cool, but um, every time it we get one of these sort of really good sightings tomorrow. There'll be an uptick in the local newspapers um, from around the, the UK saying, Oh, I saw a, I saw aliens last night. I saw this thing I can't explain. And so uh, watch this space. In fact, there's already been one um, on social media this evening. Somebody asking whether, you know, what was happening in the skies? Mm. It's the Russians. Well, that was Elon Musk, actually. Iranians or the... Have you seen how many he's got up now? What's that? Of these satellites? No. There's over... Apparently, there's, there's close to a thousand. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're only... You know, I mean, they're, they're not massive, but... Mm. And they, you know... But it works... Uh, mm-hmm. One of our neighbours has got the uh, the ground station for it, so that they get all the uh, internet and telephone via these satellite trains that go overhead one after the other. Oh, that's so funny! But uh, yeah, I mean that's well, we all know. We all know, of course, that I mentioned before that the satellites were, uh, you know, put up there by Satan to intercept prayers from God to God. So we understand that now. So anyway. Well, uh, but you have a history of um, uh, a connection to space, don't you? Um, the Apollo yes, I in the space program. Yep, yep. You did. <laughs> and there's me. a bit of your, there's a bit of your, um, isn't there a doohickey of yours on, on, yeah, on, the, on the moon? Yeah, some of that crap's still on the moon. Do you think you'll ever get it back? I may. Who knows? Maybe in a, when I become a ghost. I'm well, you could, write to, you could write to NASA see if they'll well, give you back. Because it's obviously on the back lot in the film studio somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Just lying there in the dirt, you know, under yeah. the lights. Anyway, um, I was watching this amazing... Oh, God. Last night, documentary, supposedly a documentary, on uh, ghosts in the afterlife. Well, and it starts off by saying... Uh, if you don't believe in ghosts, uh, by the time you have finished this this documentary, you will change your mind. And then they listed all the, the people they had on there. They had, uh, you know, a doctor here and a do- doctor there, and here a doctor, there a doctor. Every and, doctor and uh, doctor had there you go. Exactly. A-E-I-O-U. And Van Prague was on there, so uh, yeah, it, it was legit. Well, I mean, he is a renowned expert, James Van Prague. Let's be honest. You know, he's he's in daily touch with the afterlife. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, Viren earpiece. I, uh, you know, and they did. They brought on these people who were, you know, very distinguished. They all had degrees, which are, you know, they are what they are. And uh, they did earn them, so I give them credit for that. But, I mean, the show was totally slanted. You know, uh, 
I, I've seen other shows where they show both sides written. You know, at least you could, you know, see both sides of the issue. Well, they didn't. It was totally one way. Ah, but they made that clear at the start of the show, you said. Because no, if they you didn't. don't believe in ghosts now, you will by the end of the show. Yeah, that's true. That's kind so of true. Obviously, it's going to come out with a bias. So they, they had uh, one guy on there, which was uh, uh, some film producer or something. He's, and they asked him, do you believe in ghosts? And he says, no, but I saw one. And I thought that was, I, in fact, I thought you, that was a line that you used. It's a line I, I've heard several times. Yeah, okay. So I, I, I've heard it from you, but you know, yeah. that's the first person I heard it from. But I thought it was interesting. And well, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I can understand that mindset because, you know, when I've talked about my own experiences, mm -hmm. It is difficult to kind of rationalize. You know that whatever you saw wasn't what normal. You saw. Well, you know it wasn't normal and that you can't explain it by ordinary means. Mm -hmm. But does that necessarily mean it's a ghost? I know. So you so you can disbelieve in ghosts as in and, and again it comes down to the question of how do you define a ghost? Because if the that's if the you key, can, I think, Steve. It is. And it we don't have a definition for what a ghost is. The dictionaries always revert to, and I've raised this many times, you know, the you look at the Oxford English, English Dictionary or the Collins, and they always say it's the apparition or the revenant of a person who is dead um, coming back to, you know, visit or see the living. But they always make this point about it was a dead person exactly but of course that doesn't offer any form of definition for ghost airplanes ghost buildings ghost mm -hmm. ships ghost buses ghost cats dogs you know i thought, we'd, I thought we'd, we'd play with this tonight because i like to hear yeah, both sides right but this let me this is uh this is from a different article but i wanted to it's an interesting thing. It explains why people see ghosts. It says virtually all ghostly experience involve imp uh, impediments uh, to making accurate and perceptions and judgments. Bad lighting, emotional arousing, sleep phenomena, social influences, culture, a misunderstanding on how recording devices work, amen, and uh, prior beliefs and personal traits involved uh, all those who see ghosts. Are it's a bit of a generalization because, yes, they all apply, but you could also equally say, by just changing a few words, all road accidents are caused by impediments. The driver mm -hmm. was asleep, tired, he took his glasses off, he sneezed, he mm -hmm. blah, 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 or he or she, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, they. Um, so you could, you could argue that, but would it be strictly accurate? I mean, I can, I can. It's accurate in some of those statements, well, of course, that apply inaccurate. to certain, certain situations, right? It's not inaccurate, but it's not completely accurate either. And, and it, it also doesn't pay heed to all of the literature. It's a very, uh, general statement, um, which is typically used by skeptics, actually, and overlooks. Uh, there Probably are. Probably Joe Nickel, by the way. Possibly, 
But there are there are within the archives of psychical research cases where um, you could probably put a line through almost all, if not all, of those um, conditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 kind of like. Well, in fact, I don't think the skeptics would allow you to put a line through all of them, because if you said, well, I just slept for nine hours and um, I'm in fine physical health and I I didn't know the bil- I have great eyesight. I didn't know the building was haunted. The lights light were forever. fully on at the yeah. time, um, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They'll resort to. Yeah, but you might be something wrong with you that you don't know. Or the fact that you had eight hours or eight or nine hours sleep last night, but did you only have two hours sleep the night before that? So you would still have sleep deficit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those general arguments are are kind of common with the skeptic skeptical movement um, because they offer them an easy out, an easy explanation for pretty much every scenario. Yeah. Now this this particular program a driver from this program they uh uh talked about this uh oh god he was a famous person too and uh he used to go to woods uh not woodstock uh what's that place where the spiritualist community is oh damn it in new york you don't you can't think of yeah it. I, yeah i can't think of the name of it uh, Lily, Lily, Lily. yeah whatever yeah, Okay, so anyways, he, he used to yeah. go to the town, which is more than just that community. This it's a small town too, and they used to buy uh, antiques. Lily Dale. Lily thank you very much, Steve. Uh, antiques at a store there, and it was owned by two guys. And uh, this is his story. I'm retelling it. And so him and his girlfriend, his new girlfriend, uh, he wanted to show her the store where he buys all this stuff. And uh, so he, he went there and, and his uh, when he got there, one of the partners was uh, crying in the back. He says, what happened? He says, uh, yesterday the landlord doubled the rent. And uh, shortly after that, Bob, my partner, uh, had a heart attack and died. So, you know, that was dead or whatever. So anyway, so he left and they started going home. And they started going up the driveway and they were walking up the driveway. And they looked over to the wood pile, and there was a man sitting on the wood pile. She screamed, and so they ran in the house, and, and they closed the door and, and everything else. And uh, he said, did you, did you see what I saw? And she says, yes, there was a man out there. Now, she thought it was a real man. So that's the first part. It it looked like a real person. In other words, it wasn't this distorted image. It was a real person. They each described them separately. Now, he knew the guy, so he he saw the guy, but she didn't have never seen him, so she just described what he looked like, and they both had the same confirmed story. So, I mean, that's intriguing in a, in a lot of ways. Now, did they see a dead person? What did they see? I mean, it was real enough that you had two independent witnesses. Well, that's right. I mean, in fact, it's it's almost serendipitous, this conversation, because I've spent the last couple of weeks working on my chapter for Paravision. uh, (laughs) And the the chapter I'm working on is actually called Seeing Ghosts. 
and it it's right it's not why people see ghosts it's descriptions of people seeing ghosts and apparitions um and there are innumerable sightings of ghosts which are seen by multiple witnesses sometimes from different points of view as well so you know one person will be on one side of the figure the apparition and another will will view it from a different uh, viewpoint from another side and yet what they're describing is the same thing uh, and there are also very well documented cases uh, of and and it, it's kind of the definition of a haunting uh, where people who don't know um, about previous sightings or or experiences will describe exactly the same phenomena exactly the same figure um sometimes in exactly the same place sometimes you know attired the same way um and yet you know these are separated by months days weeks years in some instances yeah that's pretty good so you know clearly something is happening are they are they um how can i solid figures or are they these translucent things you you have uh all and everything in between you have partial sightings where there are you know um there are some such as the theater royal in drury lane london where the figure is only seen from the waist down and yet it's it appears to be a solid figure but only from the waist down Something there are some like like tra- like the the york treasurer's house where the figure is seen from i think it's mid thigh point upwards mm-hmm. uh, or the, a number of figures um which appeared to be solid at the time but were obviously you know uh, penetrating the floor um and you have uh, others where the sighting is vaporous wispy uh, the outline of a figure um the one i uh, experienced once i have less credence in believe it or not well the one i the, the one i encountered which i it you know afterwards learned it was somebody who had died about 48 hours earlier was there was nothing unusual about it at all it was they the person the man was completely solid or appeared to be completely solid in every way you know he i don't recall whether he cast a shadow in any way where we were he wouldn't likely have cast a shadow anyway but the lighting was full on um i was well rested i didn't at the time well in fact the building wasn't haunted um uh, he appeared completely normal it was a normal interaction that we had mm-hmm. so you know at that end of the spectrum you have those sort of sightings and the other end of the spectrum you have these corner of the eye apparitions or um, when people turn to look, there's nothing there. Yeah. See, but they, they both have, okay. and, and the problem is, they both have the same label. People say, I saw it. That's ghost. the thing. That's the thing that's irritating to me, anyways. I, you well, know, it irritates, it's irritated psychical research forever because they both have exactly the same label. And, you know, when, when, when people say, I saw a ghost, first of all, you've got to try and extract, well, what did you actually 
see what do you actually mean by what you're saying right you saw um, something you saw a person you really didn't which, see a ghost you saw a person well, and you can't say that but what you saw why can't you, you i mean the one well, you saw was a person right yeah no what in terms of um what you can say is you saw something which you interpreted as a ghost yeah, but don't you, do you see that's the where the problem lies? Did you interpret it as no, a ghost at the later. moment? At the moment or no, later? No, no, yeah. no, no. Later, and that's part of the the problem we have is people but, do the interpretation immediately. They see something and it's automatically a ghost. But well, that tends to happen on things like ghost television shows yeah, yeah. and public and public access events because. You have completely front-loaded the experience. The dice is loaded, and it doesn't really matter whether it's a coat hanging up on a, a hook on a door. If people see something that they're not expecting, they t the, the first response is, I just saw a ghost, and they run away. And, of course, on a media presentation, such as one of the television shows, they they never go back to... You know, because they've seen the ghost and that's the premise of the program. And you go with that. Doesn't matter what the real explanation was. And in fact, when I was working on television, um, ghost hunting shows, quite often we knew full well that the that the encounter that the person had had was definitely 100 percent not a ghost. But that was never portrayed in the show. That was lost in the edit. That ended up on the cutting room floor. There was no opportunity to explain it. Yeah. Because it didn't suit the premise of the show. I mean, you know, we, we have tons and tons of sightings. And, and if you listen to, you know, the, the polls and stuff, you'll see how many people believe in ghosts, how many people have had experiences. And we've lumped them all together. And you very well have might have seen them for one of the particular reasons we discussed about before, whether you're on a on a public ghost hunt or you, you know, you know, a place is haunted or, or the, you see something. But rather than, you know, you have labeled it as a ghost automatically. Now, in the same show, Steve, and, and this is what why we should separate them is they had a, uh, this hotel room where this, the security guard goes into this room. The room's been tossed, this stuff all, all over the place there. Uh, he heard noises in there before he walked in. When he walked in, there was nobody there. And then he goes into the bathroom, and the water's running. Well, he goes into the bathroom and shows this ghostly figure exiting the room. Now, this is on a security camera. You and I both know that on security cameras, whether infrared or not, you have distortions. And especially in infrared, because you're reading what? What is well, the camera reading? Well, the camera is seeing only the, the wavelengths of light that are in the wavelengths of light. So if he goes in that bathroom and the, the water, for instance, if it's hot water, uh, is running and he opens that door, creating uh, air movement. Steam. Yeah. And a cloud of steam, warm steam could really easily move out but yet they label it right away as a ghost now that other experience that another man has i have much more credence in believing than that particular footage which i actually saw and now i wasn't there so i can't judge everything but just from the circumstances they gave me and they they were pretty uh detailed about it that it's almost explainable to me anyways 
It is much. I mean, well, it, it falls directly in line with a lot of the reports that people come forward with. And these aren't people seeking publicity. They're not interested in appearing on a TV show. In fact, a lot of the people uh, who I've spoken to about their experiences have never even told, you know, close family members for fear of ridicule, embarrassment, or they just think that, you know, people think I'm a bit mad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, certainly we we can't trust our senses. We know that. We can't even now trust the technology. You know, especially if you the, don't understand it. Especially if you don't understand it. But back in the 1920s, 1930s, um, you know, the ghost hunters then craved the sort of technology they wanted to be able to see in the dark. Mm -hmm. They wanted infrared film. They wanted infrared movie cameras. Um, we have them, of course, now, but we also have the ability and it's increasingly um, capable abilities of even our smartphones, you know, and AI we can create ghosts to order. And when you see an extraordinary image now of uh, a car in orbit around the Earth, you know, a, a Tesla Roadster in orbit around the Earth with, a, you know, an astronaut driving it or, you know, something else equally extraordinary, our first reaction now is to shout Photoshop. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we have the technology, but that technology has undermined its evidential value. Allied to which you also have people don't understand it because we don't normally we're not used to seeing when we when we talk about cameras, people think conventionally, you know, they, they look through the lens of their camera on their smartphone. They see something, they take a picture, it appears, you know, if it's an aeroplane or a landscape or a member of the family. But when that camera isn't a real camera, as in. It's not seeing the visible wavelengths of light. It's only seeing the infrared or even the thermal infrared uh, heat energy, which is completely invisible to us. But when they look at the resulting image, they don't really understand how to interpret the image. And when there is an anomaly within it, something unusual appears they are more likely to attribute it to a ghost. Mm. Or to the take a break now. Our ghost producers just said we had to take a break. So, Well, let's take a break then. I think we should. But anyways, neither one of us is saying we don't believe in ghosts. We're just saying, just looking at both sides, or trying to look at both sides. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International uh, right here on Tojanet, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Bethune, Massachusetts, the Gallant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts. And our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, become a member of the Data Society and join us on Ghost Chronicles uh, Radio on Patreon. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. 
Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turned 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh no. No, 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 Jessica! From the creators of Shadowhunters, bite me, comes a tale of primal terror. Grind called mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica, kill! For someone who's only turned 18 once, she's now turned 18 about 300 times. Anyway, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, the first half of tonight's two-hour double act. And this is the second half. Could be. And and breaking news, since we've come on air, flakes have now begun to fall. Here on Quick, head to the stores. I think that's it. Yeah, we're going to have to go out. I'm going to have to cut off the show early and go out and buy bread and milk. Yeah. What is that with people? They just go panicky. I have no idea. Even in New England, we used to it, but still, they just go running to the store. Yeah, they do that. that, that well, forget snow, but did they do that at Christmas? Because the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. you see the stores are absolutely crammed with people filling their baskets to uh, way overflowing. Mm-hmm. And yet the stores are only closed for one day. I know it's sad. <laughs> They're open on Christmas. How much food are they going to consume in one day? Stores are open on Christmas. Um, well, we have a few. We have a few convenience yeah. stores open at Christmas. Especially the Jewish ones, right? Um, run, run. Usually run by those who who don't celebrate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Selling things that for those who do celebrate that they've forgotten in yeah. their shopping uh, behemoth uh, mm-hmm. frenzy the day before. Mm-hmm. Although each year, I know it's it's gone and happened, but each year we have a family tradition that started when I was very young. It's now spread to my current family and my boys. And we we 
Christmas morning, we we obviously do all the Christmas stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um, before lunch, we pile into the car and we each are allocated one pound. <laughs> and we go to a local store. We find a convenience store that's open and we have to buy something on Christmas Day for one pound. <laughs> and it's been going only you, Steve, only you. every year. And, you know, some years, I think this year, uh, the purchases included a pack of elastic bands, Ooh. Um, a pie. Ah, I can't go wrong with a pie. A, uh, a, a cup of coffee from a vending machine. <laughs> that was you? Uh, yeah, it was me. Um, <laughs> and a pot noodle. <laughs> <laughs> but it oh, was, speaking, it's... speaking about pies, I, I found this English pie store here in the, the U.S., Okay, if it's anything like the English chip shop you found in the U.S. No, that wasn't. Now wait a minute. That first of all, it wasn't me at all. So no, it wasn't me. Okay. No, no, it wasn't. You I never claimed that to be authentic. They did. Chips. Well, that's them. What are they? <laughs> well, I we found out they didn't. <laughs> uh, speaking about that, I do want to mention also this. Anyway, uh, I want to find out more about this pie shop. What what sort of pies did they have? I'll have to find out. All English pies, mostly. It's supposed to be some, run by some Brits, so I don't know. Anyway, I'll, I'll I'll dig out some more information. I only saw it in passing, so I can't give you the details. You should try one, because we make very good pies here in Britain. Okay, cool. But I do want to mention, uh, once again, on the 30th, we're doing our annual uh, Dining with the Dead uh, Supernatural Yankee Swap, which is always been fun everybody looks forward to it every year and that's at a new location is that uh, like where you all throw your key your car keys into a jar yeah something there? like that something yeah. like that yeah so uh anyways it's uh it's it's uh going to be at the village inn the haunted village in a place i've actually investigated before and so it's a new new venue and we're excited to see how that's going to work out but uh, we'll find out so that's on the uh, 30th and i believe tickets are on sale at uh, anyghostproject.com so if you want to check it out if you're in the area not for you brits oh you could certainly fly in i'm sure it'll only cost your your arm and your leg but whatever tell me about that <laughs> so anyways uh back to uh, a discussion uh, previously yeah, uh, we were talking uh, about seeing uh, goats. Pies. And, yeah, pies. Okay, don't get me hungry now. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it was an it was an interesting show, but it was so slant. Oh, Doctor Moody was in there again, so uh, as well. You know who Doctor Moody is, right? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, okay. I just you know, sometimes I talk presumptuous because I am on this side of the pond and. I don't know how. Well, you know, we we. Uh, you we have are... people over there that some people over here don't know, so that's. Uh, yeah, we're very well in touch with the American scene because um, many of our uh, cable television channels buy all their programming from America. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, we might be unknown, but we know all of yours. Yeah, I no, I know you. We I even have the Tennessee race chasers now here in the UK. Oh, good for you. Enjoy them. But um, actually, can I uh, can I just ask? Oh yeah, um, certainly. If any of our listeners out there in Illinois, um, what they think of, you know, is it really like it's portrayed in that trailer? What are you talking about? 
Well, I'm just curious because I've heard the trailer about 300 times now. What trailer? Shadow Hunters. Oh, Shadow Hunters. That's a different one. Yeah. Well, the one where they murdered Jessica. Uh, <laughs> the, one we, the one we play. Um, is is that an like, accurate? Is that an accurate portrayal of Illinois? In sleepy Illinois. It's actually a cartoon. I mean, a, uh, where nothing, uh, where nothing <laughs> ever seems to happen. Mm, Hell nothing. yeah. That's Illinois. So that's where you go. But uh, anyway. Well, so, I've been to Illinois. Good for you. Didn't call it Illinois. We called it Illinois. Whatever. To Silent Tex. Silent Tex. Like the one, the, the one in, like the Silent Tex. say styling, so I can't understand. And, and yeah, well, and aluminium. Yeah, well, you'll learn someday. And your real bugbird, quintessential. Mm, shut up. Anyways, uh, moving along. We should do that again, actually. We should do the quintessential British ghost show. We should. We actually should. Then I get to say quintessential a lot. Shut up. Can moving you say along. The, what's the name of that volcano in South America that I love saying? Can I Mount can't. Pop, Titty- Mount Popocatépetl. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, you're thinking of, that's a lake. Mount Popocatépetl. Okay, good for you. You're not even going to try. I can't anyway, even say Apple. I can't even say Apple. Loose. Uh, oh, uh, never mind. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what the hell was I? That's my total. We were looking at goats, right? Yeah, goats. goats. Uh, so, I mean, we, we we look. I mean, some of them. I I think that's part of the reason that we there are so many reports of ghosts. Is it's a lot of the what they're seeing is being misinterpreted, but there are many many examples of uh you know uh i think reputable sightings where where people where you have that that class class a i'm gonna say class a class a uh, full-bodied apparition oh i like that one i'll take as that in one. as in yeah they appear in libraries apparently yeah 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 so i yeah we could we could do that where where they they're so real um but i mean we look at you talk about your, you know, the first ghost hunter in Greece, and that's well, a. There, there, there are ones before him, of course. I know, no, but no, but I, that one's a, a pretty. Referring to Athenodorus. Yes, that's that's. I'm going to go back to you on it, but that's the way I brought that up is because it's not just like, oh, I saw a ghost. There's actually a lot that went on, and and you want to give us a recap of it since. Well, basically, I mean, it was, uh, it's contained in a letter uh, written by Pliny the Younger um, to a Roman senator in which he describes a story he overheard whilst in Athens, and this took place in the first century BC. Um, Different details. And what? Different details than I heard, but that's right, that's fine. Well, uh, anyway, Pliny writes in this letter, this story he's heard about a house in Athens that was um, people, you know, it was a lovely house, but it had a reputation and people didn't want to take rent of it. So this uh, philosopher and uh, mathematician called Athenodorus, Athenodorus of Athens, um, was intrigued, sufficiently intrigued to take rent of the property and move in. And after he'd settled in, he dismissed his servants and settled down for a night writing and reading. And after a while, he heard 
a rattling of chains and footsteps. And he became aware of a figure in the room with him. He didn't immediately leap up and go, it's a ghost. In fact, he continued writing so um, to ensure that he himself wasn't um, being misled or, or, or by his own uh, thoughts and emotions. Eventually, he did look up and the figure beckoned to him. And he followed and the figure led him outside into a courtyard where it stood uh, at a particular spot whereupon this chain-fettered apparition disappeared. Well, Thenodorus marked the spot and the next day he employed his servants and workmen to excavate whereupon they found a skeleton wrapped in chains. And Athenodorus arranged for the skeleton to be given a proper burial with proper burial rites, whereupon the apparition vanished and was never seen again. So t- to me, that's, that's, you know, that's a pretty interesting account because it's not like, you know, oh, I saw a ghost, you know, it walked across the room or did this. I mean, this is a, a series of events that occurred. And, of and, course... the, and, the, and the phantom seemed to have some intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, and that was quite common in early ghost uh, accounts that the that the ghost appeared for a reason. Um, you know, it might be to um, point to a treasure. It might be to point to their mortal remains, seeking a burial, or and you know that I mean that continues through other ghost uh, accounts too. You have the famous wall writing at Borley Rectory where the phantom is supposedly writing on the wall, asking for help and asking for light, mass and prayers. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, in those early stories, the ghosts didn't just turn up because they were bored or, you know, happened to be passing. There were some ghost turned... around, they just wanted to be... Or they were, yeah. Well, they no, they turned up because they wanted something from the living, or mm-hmm. wanted to give something to the living. And that was quite common in the in the early sort of uh, ghost encounters, ghost stories. Yeah, I, I think that you know something like that gives more credence to the sightings, and that there's a purpose. You, you, you know, the ghost has been seen, you know, there's a reason for it. And it makes sense where we, we have all these people running around with cameras and just, you know. And, and the thing, the other can thing. Can you do cam- something for us? Can you make a sound? Can you, can you yeah, touch well, one of us? Can you frighten one of us? Can you lift somebody's dress up? Mm. And it doesn't matter what happens next because they're going to go, thank you. Can you do it again and again mm. and again and again and again? <laughs> One of the funniest things was that, like, uh, we were, it was at BBC, it was a public, uh, I was part of Spirit Quest in fact, we were doing an EVP workshop, and, uh, you know, supposedly there was a spirit there, and, and Jim was doing recordings, and, and Jim says, uh, can, can you uh, uh, tell us what you need, we can help you, 
<laughs> and he gets the EVP. It's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Uh, you know, I, 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 funny though. <laughs> Excuse me. You, we, you, you touched on these class five full body apparitions earlier. Yeah. And I read something quite interesting the other day um, that said that, um, and it was it was dealing with the conundrum of why ghosts have clothes. Yeah, I, yeah I, a, and one of the sets I've been doing it for the first time: clothes and glasses. Why ghosts have glasses? Well, this person offered the the following, which mm -hmm. I thought was was it, well, it was worth thinking about. It, if nothing else, uh, the suggestion that what they what this was wasn't a haunting or a ghost, but a time slip. And ah. because it was a time slip, that explains why they were clothed. And that's one of the things I was actually going to bring up next is that we do have those appearances. You know, we have people who will take, uh, well, in a long ring, I was going to get into it. But anyways, you have people that will take pictures, films, whatever, and they'll look back on review and they say, oh, that wasn't there when I took the picture. It's like, you don't know that, <laughs> you know, if you didn't see it and then it shows up well, later. Yeah, people, uh, people looking through the viewfinders of cameras very rarely see everything that's in the scene. Exactly. Um, so there could you know, be a real wit person. Witness, witness the number of family portrait, family photographs we've all seen in albums mm -hmm. where, you know, um, Aunt Sally has got a street lamp or um, a flower pot growing out the top of her head mm. because people are focused and it's been demonstrated time or a nuclear time power plant or a nuclear power plant <laughs> people have it's been demonstrated time and time and time again that when people are looking through the viewfinder of a camera they are very focused on um the subject mm -hmm. and if that subject is a member of their family you, I'm sure you've seen the famous psychology experiment where the man in the gorilla suit bounces through yes. the frame. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and and invisibly, and that's because people are have actually a very narrow um, field of focus, or their brain has a very narrow field of focus, and they just don't see these other. Things within the scene, and so afterwards, when you say to them, um, "Were you alone?" Oh, yeah, absolutely alone. I, you know, I, I didn't see anybody there. Well, that comes as no surprise to psychologists who know that you know they will not see the other person there. Yeah, that's the the conundrum, actually, because in in reality, there it could be a class A full body operation. But we don't know. All we have is a photograph to look at, and the person saying there was no one there. Yeah. So, but, and, and but you put your put yourself into the mind of the person that was there who took the photograph, mm -hmm. and they would take a you know they would pass a polygraph test. Oh yeah. Um, because their interpretation of it, and we both know you know our favorite mantra: "I know what I saw." They they are a hundred percent certain that they were alone because they saw nobody else there. And if you say to them, "Well, yeah, but look, there clearly was somebody else." Oh no, they couldn't have been because I was there and you weren't, and I I took the photograph, yeah, and there was nobody there. It's good. And so you know, 
it is a difficult one because you've only got the witness's version of it to support the photograph. And if the witness is adamant that they didn't see anything, well, you know, on the face of it, you have to take their word for it, but then try and test, you know, it was there a CCTV camera by, you know, by a million to one chance that, that was also recording the same scene at the same time? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's otherwise you're stuck. You can't really progress any further forwards because you may have a photograph which has an anomaly in it. That anomaly may actually have been another living person um, walking through the space oh, unnoticed and unseen. Yeah, I'm coming to the, yeah, that was yeah, or a genuine full body class A, yeah. Um, but the upshot or or the takeaway is you'll never know because the witness and the photograph are saying one thing, and that one thing may not actually be the thing that took place. Exactly. I mean, that's what irritates me about experts who, you know, people like Joe Nichols say, oh, that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, just well, that. All, yeah. There's always a man in a monkey suit with Joe Nichols. Yeah. And it's the uh, same fact, every with, time with people on, on the, the, on the other, other spectrum. Those are the things that say, oh, yeah, it's definitely a ghost. You know, she said well, it was. Uh, yeah, my friend, my friend, you know, Sally, the medium said, take a picture. There's a ghost there. And then when they got it back, there was an orb in the picture. And lo and behold, the orb becomes a ghost. All right, let's get the orbs. So you you mentioned, and I know we're getting towards the end of the show, I want to get this in there, was that uh, time slips, which is an interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So what is a time slip, Steve? Well, we've we've done this with Anne. Yeah, just do a quick well. definition of a time slip. Uh, it, has, it has people understand it. It is uh, an imbalance between the real time and the perceived time. You know, so is it a dimensional change or, or a time? Well, that's it. That that's it. Nobody knows. Okay. That's where we go. You know, suddenly the the ground beneath us disappears. Um, you know, street scenes, twentieth century street scenes can appear to be Victorian street scenes. People can appear in Victorian clothing. There can be interactions. There can be no interactions. Um, from ones I've heard personally. People can describe nothing unusual at all except the scene around them, or they can describe um, that they felt something was unusual in that day. In fact, one of them, uh, which which I do recall, the description was it felt like I was swimming in custard. Everything hmm. seemed to slow down around me. Now, I've heard so, that too when, when people have pass through certain things they'll feel like they're they're going through water uh, i know that some mediums have have told me that and actually i've experienced that same experience myself is as though you're you're walking through water or moving through water it's very difficult it's not like you just whistle up it's like you know epic. I've, i i i've never had that experience um, yeah, i have uh, once no twice actually and i've never had my belly expand um, well, me neither. When, when confronted by a ghost, but we know somebody that has. Yes, we have. God <laughs> bless you, Jane Doherty. <laughs> you never. So, did, you did meet her. Did you meet her or not meet her? I did meet her at Spirit Quest, and she you was a delight. Her. She was a delight. Although I did, you know, the idea that 
she, yeah, never, she encountered spirits. Her, yeah, her size was. expanded. That mm. was a bit <laughs> unusual. Mm. Certainly not not an everyday uh, re- type of report. So, time slips. I mean, so I mean, we look at, we know that there are more dimensions that we have other than height, width, length. Well, there are four, four that we can experience. Gravity, too, is one, right? Well, there are four that we can experience. Go ahead. Um, well, we incorporate the normal up, down, left, right, forwards, backwards, and time as a dimension. Oh, time. Yeah, time is a dimension. Yeah. So there are four that we can experience. Well, isn't that more than four? If you, if, if you can well, experience width, length. Uh, yeah, well, there are three, there are three dimensions um physical dimensions mm-hmm. up down left right forwards backwards and then you have time as another dimension but mathematically i think they're up to 11. yeah i mean gra- isn't gravity is one of those <sighs> we can't me- we can't see well, gravity we can't uh, again gravity is gra- a, gravity is a very interesting um subject in its own right you know, we could do a two-hour show on, on gravity alone because if you go and speak to the world's leading physicist, you know, pick your favourite world's leading physicist and ask them to explain gravity, they can explain what it, you know, how it manifests, that it makes things, you know, draw to one another. Mm-hmm. But ask them what it is and it becomes a different ball game because science actually doesn't know what gravity is. It knows what gravity does. It doesn't know what it is. And magnetism is somewhat the same. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's another one. Dude. Yeah. Um, similar, but that, but... They're, not, they're not your traditional dimensions, as in, you know, um, multiverse theories and all that, where mm-hmm. I think mathematically physicists have demonstrated 11 dimensions yeah that's what i heard uh, these uh, and, and you know people imagine that they're all sort of like like the layers of an onion but in actual in reality that's not the case they all exist in the same dimension mm. or you know in fact physicists this well, I mean, you go into the realm of quantum physics and um, or quantum mechanics as it's more accurately oh, referred to Oh, and you, you know, there is that famous line from a quantum physicist that says, you know, if, if anybody tells you they understand quantum mechanics, walk away because they're about to lie to you. Yeah. It's all theoretical, but it's all demonstrable theoretical. Um, so, yeah, there are more than four dimensions. We cannot conceive of what they might be like, they... except mathematically, because we can never experience them. On that particular show, they they mentioned that quantum physics destroys the theory of relativity, and that well, good for they, them. <laughs> there can, can be energy with no mass. Well, good for them because that can't be proven. By saying quantum physics does that. Oh, we got to go. I can't believe it. Well, quantum physics is a, a universal expl- explanation for many things. That's true. But, Anything and everything. But, yeah, but it can't be proven. Yeah. It is a life raft for psychologists and believers to cling to. So the, the whole ghost thing is really intriguing and 
but I, yeah. I think we really do need classifications. I think that would be a. I think I think we do need a good definition of a ghost. Good definition would be a start, but it's so hard. But the, the, as far as the phenomena itself, you can classify the phenomena without giving definition to the. Oh, absolutely! You can you can describe the experience. You can describe the phenomena. Yeah. Um, but it would be helpful to have a definition because at least then so. we would all be we would all know what the other person was talking about a lot of the time. I thought uh, Richard Felix had one. I don't know what is a ghost. <sighs> Bless him. Hmm. Well, we got to go. Really. Oh, Anyways. There you go. So uh, thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Toji.net. Stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with the Blown Dome Shuffle and myself with a special guest, Roxy Zwicker, who will be talking about her new book, Vermont Book of the Dead, and uh, become a member of uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Uh, so check that out. And... That's it. So good night, everyone. Uh, God bless and stay safe and watch out for those starlings. So links. Well, so I'm watching out for snowflakes. They are starting to uh, stick to right, the ground. Run to the store. Run to the store. I'm off to get bread and milk, everybody. Good night. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.